This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I feel that the conversation we are about to have is very, very, very necessary in this day and time. Um, I was super excited and preparing to talk with you today about the Well-Made Woman event that just happened and my thoughts got hijacked by something else because for me it's very important that this podcast be incredibly relevant to what you are actually really truly going through right now in real time whatever point real time is for you, whether you're listening to this podcast as soon as it comes out or you listen weeks, months, or even years later, I feel that whenever you press play, that you are hearing exactly what you are supposed to hear at the time that you are supposed to hear it. So if you're listening now, (laughs) whenever now is for you, I will share that now for me, now for this world actually is in the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic and everywhere you turn there is some conversation happening about this virus, its impact on our lives, its impact on our minds and our emotional well-being. And so I did not want to let the opportunity pass by before I shared my thoughts and my perspective that I want to encourage you to borrow and also link it to your marriage, which is really what you come to me for, that you come to this podcast looking for answers, guidance, and encouragement about Ironically, my uh, official training is in the training of public health is how I started my career. And so as I hear the things that I hear, I think back to my very early epidemiology classes and all of the things we learned about outbreaks and how they are investigated and managed. And so I have sort of a dual interest in this conversation, both as you know, a public health uh, practitioner formerly and now as a life coach. And so I've titled this today, How to Manage Your Mind. And I really think that the process of managing your mind is the same no matter what the trigger, no matter what the issue is. And so throughout this conversation, 
I will sort of lead in with what is actually happening now with COVID-19 and what I'm observing, but I will also very intentionally tie the process that I'll share with you to what is happening in your marriage. Um, And I guess what I'll say first, you know, as a life coach, probably about five, almost six years ago, I stopped watching the news. I stopped watching TV for the most part in general, but for sure the news and anything that I noticed for myself was a trigger in creating worry, anxiety, and fear about things that I had zero control over. And so, you know, as we begin this conversation, I just want you to think about for yourself whether it's what's happening with the virus or whether it's what's happening with your marriage, are you unnecessarily exposing yourself to information that incites worry, concern, anxiety, and fear in you unnecessarily? What does that look like in a marriage? In a marriage, that might look like unnecessarily questioning your husband, going through his phone, (laughs) if you've had any violations of trust in the past. Um, It might be spiraling down a rabbit hole of conversation about something that is a big trigger for you, whether it's managing decisions together. Um, You might find yourself just like letting a conversation go on much longer than it needs to, much longer than it is productive. And then it leads to an argument, right? You might ruminate. You might be ruminating about the state of your marriage and just constantly thinking about everything that's going wrong and bringing that information to your mind yourself. And so whether it's with what's happening with this pandemic or what's happening in your own home with your marriage, I want you to just be very conscious and aware of the information you are consuming or creating for yourself that is leading to an emotion that doesn't serve you in the current moment, okay? So when it comes to managing your mind, I think the very first step and the process I always take my clients through when they come to me with something that is concerning or upsetting to them is to identify the facts, to really isolate what is actually true. And facts to me are things that are both observable and provable, meaning there's data (laughs) behind it. um, And anyone receiving that same information, anyone observing that situation would agree that that is the case. And so, again, when it comes to what's happening with the virus, what is actually true, right? Is there anyone in your life that you know for sure has been diagnosed? Are you actually experiencing symptoms? Do you actually have zero food? in your home? Do you actually have zero options for toilet paper, right? These are the things people are concerned about right now. What is true? 
shifting this to your marriage, what's actually true, what is observable, what is provable about the dynamics between you and your husband? So one of the things a lot of people come to me about is feeling like complete and total roommates, feeling like they married the wrong person, feeling like the marriage just doesn't exist. And so if you're looking at the facts of that, how would you prove that? And how would you observe it? Like what is actually happening? And I want you to just narrow that down and get really, really specific about that because it's important to know and it's important to start there. So if you're in a situation where it feels like you guys are roommates, which is actually different from the facts, the facts would be we don't talk for more than five minutes. The topics of our conversation are only the children, right? It's been three months since he said, I love you. Or it's been six months since we've eaten dinner together at the table. Or it's been four months since we've been physically intimate with each other. Those are facts. And the reason it's very, very important to identify the facts of a situation is because our minds quickly and very effectively layer on so much meaning, layer on so much interpretation, layer on so much um, past experience and story to basic facts. It's almost like at the core is like the real observable and provable fact, but we create like the snowball surrounding it, just like wrapping it around and around and around and around that makes it something that it really isn't. And so the first step is always to just identify the facts. What are the observable and provable things? And the second is really addressing and acknowledging that you have an interpretation, you have a perspective, you have a certain perception about that fact. And your take on it could be very different than another person's. A lot of times we make the mistake of assuming that our way of seeing something, our perception of a fact is the truth about that situation, right? So a lot of times we'll hear, okay, my husband and I have not had physical, you know, physical intimacy in six months. He must be having an affair, right? Like, it's very tempting to just take that fact, make an interpretation about it, and assume your interpretation is true and hold on to that being true like nobody's business, right? Or maybe your husband has not made any attempt to spend quality time with you, right? You guys just come home, you cook dinner, you do your thing in the evening, he does his, you go to bed when you go to bed, he goes to bed when he goes to bed, 
And so those may be the facts, but your interpretation of that is he doesn't care about me. I'm not important. He's not making an effort, which is your interpretation and your perspective and your perception, which is not the facts, which is not observable and provable. It's just what you believe about the situation. And it's important to be very clear about which is which because when you see that your perception is just your perception of a situation, it means that there are other ways you could see the situation as well because you're just one person. So if there are 100 people in the room, there would be 100 different perspectives looking at the same exact experience. Even with COVID-19, right? My perception of it may be very different than your perception of it. One, because I'm not being fed a lot of beliefs from other people about it. Um, And so I'm just like, this is a thing. It exists. And I am choosing, right, to believe for myself that I am safe and I am healthy and I'm going to do what I need to do to protect myself, to protect others that are in my presence, and to protect my family and my children, right? There's no need for me and my interpretation of the situation to think that anyone coughing is like going to get me sick, right? So really look at what is true versus what you make it mean, okay? And the reason that that step is so important is because as you're managing your mind, the reason you even care about managing your mind is because you want to feel a certain way. So it's likely that you're listening to this podcast because you have some indication that your mind is like not serving you. Maybe it's like running away with thoughts and creating anxiety and creating sadness and frustration and many negative emotions that you don't want to experience. And so when you can separate the facts from your interpretation, then you are clearer in the pathway that is causing you to feel the way you feel. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would have heard me tell you and express and share with you that the way you feel about something is a function of your thoughts about it, not the thing itself. Example. So for the couple that is not talking regularly, (laughs) for the couple that is not going out on dates, for the couple that is not being physically intimate, those are the facts, right? One person can have those same facts and same situations and circumstances in their marriage and feel neutral about it. This is just a phase. I'm busy with other things right? Another person and feel fine, right? The result of that thinking is just like, I'm good. I'm at peace, right? Whereas another person could see those things and think, oh, we're going to get a divorce. He's going to leave me. He must be interested in someone else. I must not be desirable. He doesn't care about me. Our marriage was the wrong decision. And then that person's going to feel horrible. 
same set of circumstances, but when you know that it's your interpretation of the situation that is causing you to feel a certain way, then you can more easily access the right solution to feeling better if that is your goal. And you actually have to be pretty clear about if that is in fact your goal. Like, do you actually want to feel better or are you okay feeling the way that you feel? Right? I say this all the time, right? My job as a coach is not to force you to feel something that you are not in the headspace to want to experience. And so even as we're comparing this with COVID-19, like some people may want to feel anxious about it and they choose anxious thoughts and they perpetuate that feeling because that's what they choose for themselves. Others, right, may want to feel differently. They may want to feel cautious instead of anxious, right? It's just a a notch up (laughs) the peaceful pathway, right? And so it's important to know what you're after and how you actually want to feel, which is actually step four. So again, step one is separating the facts from your interpretation, which is step two, getting clear about your interpretation. And step three is Directly identifying that the reason you feel the way you feel is because of what you're thinking, not because of the facts of the situation. Okay. And then step four is deciding how you want to feel. So, you know, everything I try to impart and share with you is along the theme of you get to decide. You can be intentional about your experience in any situation in your life. How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your marriage? How do you want to feel about the world right now? How do you want to feel about your health? How do you want to feel about your safety? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel secure? Do you want to feel calm and peaceful and thoughtful? In your marriage, do you want to feel at peace? Do you want to feel calm? Do you want to feel content and fulfilled, right? So I want you to think about whatever situation is going on for you right now in your life, whether it's, you know, all the stuff happening with the virus or all the stuff happening with your heart and your marriage, right? Just decide how you want to feel. If I were to stand in front of you with a buffet of emotions, And I'm like, here, pick whatever you want. Whatever emotion you want to feel is available to you and you just pick it up. What would you pick? And so when you know how you want to feel, the next step, which is step five, is to just start practicing thoughts that would give you that feeling. So for example, if in your marriage, what you want to feel is peace. And right now, you know, you and your husband are not talking at the level that you would like. Maybe you don't trust him at the level that you would like. Maybe you don't feel like you're working together as a team. But what you really just want to feel is peace. 
right? Some thoughts you might broaden your perspective to start thinking about might be, I'm going to be okay no matter what. This is just a moment in time and it will pass. I will figure this out. This is not always going to be a problem for me. This is not always going to be a problem for us. There's something I'm supposed to learn from this. There's some way this situation is serving me even though it's uncomfortable right now. God still got me in the palm of his hands. All things are working together for my good. When you think those thoughts, right, you invite the emotion of peace into your soul. And so that can only happen for you when you recognize that it's your thoughts and your thinking that's creating your emotions. Because I'm sure if you do this exercise, or even if you just allowed yourself to feel the thoughts that I just offered a minute ago, you probably feel a little bit different. That is how the process of managing your mind works. When you manage your mind, when you intentionally focus your thoughts in the direction that you want to go, in the way that you want to feel, it creates an emotional shift within you. And when you're in a more peaceful, calm, or more desirable emotional state, you open your mind up to creative solutions that would not have otherwise been available to you, right? So for example, I'll just give you a COVID-19 example, even that just happened to me last night. We in our home were already running low on toilet paper, Like we just needed some and I forgot to get some before this whole thing started to happen. And so I went to the store fully, you know, prepared for there to be no toilet paper. And I had zero reactions to the empty shelves. And I was in a neutral space, right? My emotional state was neutral, not panicked, not frantic, not even angry and frustrated at the other people that took all the toilet paper. I had zero thoughts about them. It was just neutral. The fact was there's no toilet paper. My thought was other people have already bought it, right? And I didn't feel upset about that. And so I was like, wow, look at all these boxes of tissues, You know, like puffs and Kleenex and things you use when you're like sneezing and wiping your nose. I was like, there's tons of boxes of this type of tissue. I'll just get some of that. And that's what I did, right? But that's a creative solution that I could access just because I wasn't all anxious and frustrated and annoyed and short-tempered about the the fact that there was no toilet paper, right? Let's shift this to thinking about your marriage, right? So if, for example, you know, there is no engaging conversation between you and your husband, 
And initially, right, before you started directing your thinking, you're feeling lonely and you're feeling rejected by him, right? You'll move yourself through this process of identifying how you want to feel. And if you're feeling lonely and what you really want is connection with him, the emotion you might want to intentionally focus on is friendly. I want to feel friendly. And so what would you have to think in order to feel friendly with him? Right? Like, oh, you know, we could talk about the kids. He likes to talk about the kids. I like to talk about the kids. It's a non-threatening environment. What's something funny or silly or interesting that one of our children did today? Right? That's a creative solution as opposed to when you're feeling lonely and rejected. It's likely that if you try to strike up a conversation with him, it's going to be a complaining conversation. And so when you move yourself to a better emotional state, you are able to solve for the problem in a much more creative and effective way. And so with that, you know, step six of this whole process is just to solve for what you can solve in the most peaceful, neutral, positive way you possibly can. What is actually within your control to do right now? And go do that, right? If your husband hasn't planned a date night and you really want to go out with him, find something that would be so fun that you know you would both really enjoy and just make the plans yourself and invite him and see what happens. And if he says no, have a backup, right? Invite a friend, You are never without options if he is not accommodating and willing. But the way you see that you have more options is by putting yourself in a better emotional state. And so that's why identifying how you want to feel is so important. And then using the more positive emotion as fuel for your action, you're going to get better results. You're going to feel better you're going to experience the situation in a much more positive way. And then the seventh step is to just keep practicing, right? Everything I've said here, the reason I can articulate it is because I've practiced it for many, 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 many years and many, 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 many different circumstances and situations, And so you will too. This is building a muscle. We are never, ever taught this. We are just conditioned to live life believing that when something happens that's outside of our control, we have no other option but to react the way that we always react, to feel the way we always feel. And that will always put us as the victim rather than being empowered and in control of our experience. And so this is not going to feel natural. It's not going to feel comfortable. And it's actually not even going to feel easy because let me tell you, it is much easier to just go around and blame everyone else for everything you're experiencing. 
it's so much more comfortable to blame the government for not having the tests to test everybody. It's so much um, easier to blame the people that don't wash their hands and don't cover their mouths when they cough and sneeze. It's so much easier to blame the grocery store or the Costco for not stocking enough products or limiting the products that people could buy. Much easier to do that. Much easier to blame your husband for having the issues that he has and the experiences that he has and for being the way he's being. It's so much easier to do that. And our egos crave it. Our egos crave blaming people and things outside of ourselves because then we never have to sit with the responsibility that we hold in our lives. And that is sometimes a hurdle to get over, but I promise you that once you get over that hurdle, you operate in your life in such a way that you always get to control your experience in terms of how it feels for you, in terms of what you think about it. You may not be able to control the facts of your life and what's presented to you, but you get to be in control of your response to it. And that can very much become an addictive thing in the best way possible. So that is what I have for you. How to manage your mind. First step, identify the facts. Observable and provable. Number two, understand your interpretation and your perception that you are layering on. Number three, be clear and identify the real reason why you feel the way you do, which is because of your interpretation and because of your story, not because of the facts. Number four, decide how you want to feel. That is within your control to do. Decide how you want to feel. Number five, broaden your thinking and start finding the thoughts that would help you feel the way you want to feel. If you want peace, what would be some thoughts you would have to focus more on in order to create the feeling of peace? Number six, Solve for what you can solve from a place of either neutral emotion or positive emotion. Don't try to solve a problem when you're angry and frustrated and upset and anxious, right? But move yourself to that desired emotion. Think the thoughts that would help you experience that emotion and then go to solving for the problem. And then step seven, Keep at it. Just keep practicing. You're going to fall down. You're going to mess it up. Keep going. Keep trying. Keep listening. Come back to this podcast episode again and again and again, as many times as you need to, because this is the exact process to manage your mind. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Um, And I wish you well. I really do. I know that... um, For some people, this is a very uncomfortable experience in our world. And I know that 
being incredibly unhappy in your marriage is a very uncomfortable experience as well. And so, you know, again, this is the place where you can come to get that encouragement and to get the tools and the strategies you need to manage your mind and to feel well, no matter what the situation is. So I will be back with you next week with something new. Until then, take good care of yourself and take good care of your mind using the seven steps I've just shared with you. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.